episode 153 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal DeQuincy. You know, every time, I don't think about you say, but every time you're like via Zoom, I'm thinking, do people think we have some kind of sponsorship with them? Because you say it every time. Oh, yeah. Hey, if they want to sponsor us, bring it on. But hey, everybody, uh, glad to be back. Uh, let's get business out of the way. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. And if you can, leave us a review. Five stars, no less. Don't be hating on us. All right. How are you doing, man? We haven't talked in a while, so how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, tired. It's been a, it's a long weekend. Um, watching some fights, catching up with, you know, friends, kind of trying to get back to normal, you know, starting to step out a little more. Yeah, we haven't so. spoken, we haven't spoken on, we haven't done a podcast in a while and spoken face to face in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Did you want to say anything about the UFC? I know we missed UFC number two, whatever it was, but uh, anything that you want to say about it? Um, man, I mean, it's hard to say, it's hard to argue that Kamaru Usman is, uh, not the best pound for pound fighter in the world at this point in time. I mean, the guy's cleaning house. Um, he is beating all of the top contenders, all the top challengers and kind of making it look easy at this point, which is something that, um, some of the other champions aren't doing at the moment but um man and that i mean really that whole pay-per-view was really incredible you know three titles on the line uh two title or one title change um rose nami Yunus really cemented herself as a a big star you know knocking out the champion uh zhang weili to regain her title which she lost a few years ago Mm -hmm. um just a smooth head kick just knocked her out uh valentina shevchenko retained her title in just dominant fashion um she was facing a a, basically a wrestler and everybody thought well this could be interesting like this jessica andrage is a she's short and compact and just very powerful because of her her frame and this could be a real tough test for Valentina, and it was not even close. It was not interesting at all. She well, it was because she wrestled the hell out of her, and nobody expected her to to beat her at her own game as well as she did. I mean, she took her down so many times, just punished her on the ground, and just just made it look so easy. Yeah, um, at, at that point, it was game, set, match. I mean, if yeah. I can beat you at what you do best, then there's no point. I'm going to uh, whoop your ass. It's just demoralizing yeah. by the end. 
And then uh, we had a two leg injury. (laughs) That's what I'm going to remember the most from the, from this pay-per-view. Oof, man. Um, That, that, who was it? Wiseman? Yeah. Chris Wiseman broke his leg on, on a, on a kick. Yeah. A kick like 10 seconds into the match. The first kick he threw. And um, man, it's crazy to think that, you know, he was a part of another, you know, another leg break, you know, this time, He's throwing the kick. And, uh, you know, the same thing happened when he fought Anderson Silva almost 10 years ago. Silva kicked him and he checked the kick and Silva's leg blew up. The same exact break, man. It was, it's just unbelievable that it happened. And, uh, man, Weidman went down and I caught the tail end of his leg just flopping. I said, oh, no, I can't believe it happened. It, It just... Oh, got it. Just... I, I wasn't even paying attention. I had it on my laptop and I was I was watching something on TV and I had my headphones on. I heard the crack and I looked down and I just saw him on the ground and his his foot was angled at a way a human foot should never be angled at. Yep. Oh, and I was like, oh, what happened? Did the other guy hit him? And then I saw the replay. First off, screw off UFC showing that replay multiple times. Once was enough. <laughs> But yeah, oh. his foot like wrapped around the other guy's leg like one of those slap bracelets. Yeah, it it was nauseating. Yeah, and then it's one of those um, things like I saw it and I immediately started rubbing my foot. My uh-huh. time, my time, I was like, ooh, like uh, Peter Griffin, like. <laughs> <laughs> and what we didn't see technically, I don't think, uh, but he confirmed on Instagram. You know, he, he had surgery the ne- very next day. Um, and then a few days later, he Weidman posted on Instagram, you know, pictures like they got to unwrap his leg and, you know, he took pictures of, uh, you know, like the, the uh, scarring, not scarring, but the uh, stitching that, mm-hmm. you know, where all the work was done. So he has like several, uh, several groups of stitches, one across like the top of his shin where they, they worked on it on this, like towards the bottom of his foot. And then he also said behind his leg on his calf mm-hmm. because it happened. It was a, it turned out to be a compound fracture, which thankfully I didn't see. But what happened was when he kicked, you know, when he brought that foot back, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't realize your leg is broken in half for a split second. And then that split second is when he planted his foot. And that's when the, the compound fracture, the comp like it went through muscle in the skin uh, yeah uh, i was like oh no and that would be my last fight ever i'd be like homer simpson i have officially retired from the ufc world yeah i'm going home and being a family man yeah. new you know a lot of people think he will come back i man i mean he's 36 you know that's a hard it's not a great age for any injury to happen, you know, much less a compound fracture like that. Um, but, you know, I think at this point I would like to see him just retire. Just, you know, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, but um, man, that's, a, that's an injury that I just, Oh man. Like it, it just, it's something that you, you won't forget anytime soon. No. Um, 
<laughs> like I'm gonna be worried about it anytime I see a UFC match from now on. Just like the fact that it could happen like that and just so fast. Like I said, it was the first like 10 seconds of the match. Mm-hmm. Which is like the first person to throw a kick was uh, the very next fight was uh, I think Andraj and Shevchenko. And I was like, oh God, like who's going to throw a kick? Like it just in your mind, like you, you, you know, it's, you, you rationalize like statistically it's, it can't happen again this soon, but you still like, you know, that irrational part of your brain is just like, oh God, like, please, like, let's just get through this. Like, I don't want to see this again. Yeah. It's like, like you said, your rational part is like, it can't happen this soon. And then there's a part of you that goes, but what if it does? And it technically did. Like his was his injury was the second injury of that that night. The fight just before his to kick off the pay per view mm. ended in a leg kick. So um, it was uh, this guy named Anthony Smith facing this Australian guy Jimmy Crute. Smith threw a kick to the back of his like just you know a standard kick like to the back of the knee, and it buckled and it deadened his nerves or something or blew out his knee because his legs started flailing like uncontrollably. Ugh. And he, he it, you know, it wasn't a break, but he couldn't control the nerve. Like he tried to plant his foot down and his leg would kind of just, it would buckle constantly. Like, like, like when you see someone's ankle roll, mm-hmm. like his ankle kept rolling. It was horrifying. And it was at the very end of the first round. So, you know, they, uh, you know, so he had, you know, he had time to kind of hopefully shake it off and get that feeling back. But just before the round started, you know, the doctor came in and kind of check on him and he just couldn't, that leg just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't back to normal. And they, they called the fight. It was, it was uh, man, it was, it was tough just, you know, because it was starting to be a good fight and, you know, you hate for a guy to, to have to, you know, um, to, uh, to lose that way, you know? Yeah. Oof, man, it was, it was rough. Like yeah. That's why, um, you want to do, you want to be in UFC, do the MMA, man, you, you a different breed. That's all I can say. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's not for me. <laughs> All right, well, moving Another on. Thing, oh, also, go ahead. It was the first um, live event uh, in the United States with a full capacity crowd. Oh, boy, you would have thought COVID never happened. <laughs> Super Bowl, you know, had, what, 25% capacity. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania, same thing, 25% capacity for two nights. But this was full-on enclosed stadium. 15,000 people, uh, not one seat, <laughs> not one seat empty. Um, and maybe out of 15,000, maybe several hundred wearing masks. <laughs> it was, it was oh, insane. Yeah. Florida did not give a fuck. Well, and also Houston is up next in two weeks. Toyota Center is sold out. Oh, 17,000. For what? UFC. Oh, Lord. The next pay per view. Jeez. Well, yeah, have fun with that. I'm. I'm <laughs> hey, I'll be, be watching from home. Don't. Yeah, don't I'll be watching home. from home. Using some yeah. less than scrutable sources. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't hear that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, all right. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it too, um, except for the one leg mistake. But oh, besides that, it was it was a good pay per view. I'm glad the I knockout was incredible. Oh yeah, Usman sent that man to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it, like everyone said, it was it was just like out of a movie. Mm-hmm. Like every ounce of sweat flew off Masvidal's head. Oh, oh, oh. Never mind. Who who does Usman um, face next? Uh that's a good question. Because so the guy who was talking the most shit at the ring was uh, Covington, but Usman already knocked him out, right? Already beat him. It was the only reason why you would give Covington a rematch is one, he won his next one or two fight. I think at least his next fight after that mm-hmm. in convincing fashion. Um, he got stopped in the fifth round, so he. Wasn't it wasn't a one-sided fight? It was a very much, very much a back and forth fight between him and, and Usman, and you know he was definitely the toughest challenger that Usman has Usman has faced. Um, and so, if Usman wants to fight again soon, like the summer, then Covington is probably the one who's ready, who's the most available to fight because mm-hmm. he hasn't fought. Um, most of the other guys will have fought since then and just won't have time for camps. And so there's just the stars are aligning for these guys to face off once again. And Usman is, is proven by knocking out Masvidal that he is not afraid to go back to the well and fight someone he's already beaten when typically champion doesn't have to do that. Champions can move on, but he's, you know, he fought Masvidal because he wanted to give him a, give Masvidal full camp and prove that he could beat him you know, under normal circumstances because Masvidal first fought him on six days notice. And so that was like the, the one excuse, you know, he said, that's his built-in excuse for not beating me was that he fought him on six days notice. Yeah. So. Wasn't it like the person he was supposed to take on either caught COVID or yes. someone mm-hmm. in his camp caught it, something like that. Yeah. Got COVID and, yeah. um, and then he beat him. They eventually fought. They wound up fighting like a couple of months later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he knocked him out in the first round. Gilbert Burns. Oh, okay. All right, well, good to know. So, uh, like I said, we'll be watching for the next pay-per-view, which will be, what, USC 263, uh, I believe? Oh, wow. Yeah, 263. So Toyota Center. Yes. Woohoo! A packed Toyota Center. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, and so, moving on to our main event, what we come here to talk about, we're talking about some baseball. Yeah, man, it's um, you made the right call. Give it a month. <laughs> Let's see how the month plays out. This first month of the season, and then we'll get back to it because yes. we did our preview mm-hmm. prior to the season, and uh, yeah, a month in is is a good is a good way to uh, it's a, it's a good amount of time to you know let pass before we talk about it again. Yeah, it is a long season. So. Every every year we see someone getting insanely hot in April and taper off the rest of the way, be it a player or a team. And honestly, I just wanted to wait till we had more like definitive results from not just mm-hmm. the Astros but other teams around the league. And um, honestly, uh, when we first discussed talking about baseball like two weeks ago, I didn't feel like it because they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like like two weeks ago, the entire conversation would have been me, my would have been me going back and forth between saying it's April and it's COVID, right? 
and that's what happened man everybody everybody on the team caught it basically yeah, yeah. it's like uh what happened Altuve actually tested positive for COVID and then four other players had to sit out Bregman Alvarez Maldonado and uh one of the Garcias on the team. yeah yeah and um thank god for the vaccine because Altuve after um, admitting that he had COVID, said he never had any symptoms. He felt fine the entire time. He just had to sit out the 10 days, which he did. And, you know, that 10 days that he was gone and the rest of the team, like half the starting line was gone, they sucked <laughs> ass. There oh, was yeah. just nothing to this was, it, There was nothing for me to talk about. But now they're back, and I got to say, our, what did I say? going into the season their offense need to hit enough for their pitching to to be mediocre and that's exactly what we've been seeing mm-hmm. and even though you know their bullpen has been um less than what you want the starting pitcher pitching has been pretty good and the offense has been hitting i think right now they're like the second most potent offense in the american league Mm-hmm. I will check up, but yeah, tell me how you feel, man. I, you know, you know, my whole thing was like, how are we going to fill the, you know, the hole of, of uh, Springer being gone. Uh, but the offense is, is still plugging along, man. You know, pretty much the guys that you that you need to hit are hitting and um, starting pitching has been better than I could have hoped for. I mean, we were talking about before we started recording, but Christian Javier, who who pitched today and, and had a decent start. Like, it's it wasn't a terrible start. Five innings, three on runs, four strikeouts. As That's only his second, like, not as good of a start compared to his three – the three other starts where he didn't allow a run and struck out, like, an average of, like, six or seven batters. Like, he has been – like you said, like you said – off air, the best pitcher so far this season. Um, and everybody else is, is doing well. Um, I saw a, a statistic earlier that I think all of our starters have an ERA under four, which I, you know, you don't see that very often with, with starting rotations. I mean, usually there's one guy that's kind of a clunker and, you know, your fifth, your fifth guy, like, you know, in the fours, you know, something like that. But, you know, for the most part, this, the starting pitching has, you know, held it together. It's done pretty well. Um, And so a dominant bullpen, which we've had kind of in the past couple of years, or a strong bullpen, um, hasn't been the case this year. And that's been okay. Like we've been able to um, still hold it together for the most part. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, the offense is, is, you know, keeping us afloat as well. So we're we're 15 and 12 uh, going into today. Is the game over? Do you know? Nope. It is. I might be over right here. Uh, Yeah, it's over. The Rays just won. So the Rays won five to four. So they're now, Astros now 15 and 13. 15 and 13. Okay. Um, second place in the division still looks like behind Oakland, which not a surprise there. I mean, they're a team that, you know, we 
I've pretty much agreed that, you know, they're going to make it interesting at least most of the year, you know, whether they continue to be strong all year or not remains to be seen, but, you know, they usually kind of can hold their own for most of the season. Um, mm-hmm. 15 and 13 is not bad. Um, yeah. Cause in where they were two weeks ago. Right. When that was the only reason why we weren't doing well is we missed half of our, <laughs> half of our lineup, any team, the, the, the 27 Yankees who would not be as great as they were if half of their guys missed a week and a half to two weeks during the season. Yeah. Like any team that misses that many regular starters is going to struggle. Yeah. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, the pitching rotation, the Astros are still missing their best picture from last year. Yeah. He's coming back. And so he's hopefully uh, he'll get over the, uh, I say get over like that's so easy. <laughs> like he broke uh, his pinky Oof, and which is a dangerous man. And why is his name escaping me? I feel so old right now. Framber Valdez. Yeah. Framber Valdez. Remember so, Framber J. Eggs? That's terrible. Did you come up with that? Remember that was my, that was my genius idea for a, a giveaway. Oh, right. Framberge eggs. Why do... Where do you come up with this, though? That's horrible. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Framberge will be back hopefully at the end of this month or beginning of next month. And so that raised the question of who on this team is going to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing it's going to be uh, Garcia. Probably so. I mean, he's your fifth guy anyways. I mean, hold on, let me. So he's a fifth. Oh, well, that's a problem because currently they have, you know, you got the five starters. Odorizzi is on the IL. So you're going to have two starting rotation guys come back. So you need two guys from the starting rotation to go to the bullpen. So who's that going to be? Or are they just going to. So let me ask you Would you rather that they send two guys to the bullpen or just have like a six man rotation? I would rather six man rotation. Um, or, you know, cut ties with Odorizzi. He's, a, he's not a spring chicken. And, like, if, if your young guys are doing well and you're trying to compete, then you already have a, a veteran in Grinky, you know, at the top of the rotation. You know, th- this is the best time to balance. If you have a – like, if your team is good enough to balance out um, – being competitive while also like learning on the job and, and developing your young guys, then don't, uh, don't interrupt that. You know, Odorizzi is a guy that, you know, he's not getting paid a lot of money and he's not necessarily a great pitcher. I mean, unless he's giving you seven innings every night, you know, most of our guys are giving us five, five to six innings. Anyways, if he's just going to be another, five to six inning guy, then, you know, he's expendable in my opinion. But if guys like Javier and McCullers and uh, Akiti are still, you know, um, if they're stellar and they're doing well and keeping us in contention, then, you know, don't mess that up. And was it Luis Garcia? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's 0-3, so it looks like he's, you know, had some bad luck. Some bad luck starts, but he's got a crazy good ERA, 2-7. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that uh, – hmm. I'm, I'm just letting you talk. Cause he could I got be the some, guy that you could go to the bullpen. and I got some bad news about your whole drop older Rizzi plan. Oh, is he guaranteed? <laughs> He's got a three-year contract. And the he last, does? Yeah. Three oh years, $23.5 million. When did uh, this and, happen? Uh, in the offs- in <laughs> spring training when you obviously weren't paying attention. Well, I, I think the- what happened that they signed him and they really didn't come out with terms for the first like week. Because I thought it was just a, I originally thought it was a two year deal, but it kind of, it's a three year deal, but that last uh, year is a player option. Okay. Okay. That's crazy. I did, I didn't even, I, I remember hearing about him sign, but wow. I just, I, I heard you talking about, it. I was like, hmm, I know he has a two year deal. Then I went to go look it up. I was like, nope, it's three years. Wow. Okay. Well, Send him to the bullpen, if anything. You know, a guy that can be a long reliever if you need. You know, I think this is this is still a good chance to compete while also looking to the future. And my, my suggestion, or and what I think they're going to do is they're going to do some of the tandem starting that they did in the minors where they have mm-hmm. like Javier pitch for four and Garcia pitch for four because those guys have already done it in the minor leagues. So they're already used to it. So mm-hmm. it's less of adjustment for them than for say Odo Rizzi or um, who else? Maybe uh, your key to come out the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have guys that are capable of doing it, you know, then these guys are used to it, fine. And a guy like Garcia, who is a starter, can give if he can give you four innings, then that you know, you don't tax your bullpen as much, anyways. I mean, it's at this point, it's about. At this point, it's you know, it's about competing. It's about developing your your young starters, and as well, not taxing your bullpen. Not you know, especially since it hasn't been as strong as it has been in the past. Um, like I did look at the guy, that guy Kent Emanuel. That was a pretty impressive performance two weeks ago when Odorizzi oh. went down after a third of an inning. He oh, pitched. Yeah. The rest of the game. I mean, it was a blowout, but still, like, to not elect to, you know, to give up what one or two runs after that. And that's something else I want. I want to talk about. Incredible. I want to talk about uh, the uh, dusty. I'm gonna say dusty roads. <laughs> oh, but Odd we times. all, yeah, we always we hear these these just these attacks on Dusty Baker about how he leaves pictures in too long and he's rough on the young guys. But then you turn around and you hear things like 
what uh, Lance McCullers Jr. said last night where he thought he was done after the sixth inning and Dusty sends him out for the sec- seventh. And, he's, and he says, um, you know, I loved it. I'm thankful because I really wanted to keep going. And and we saw that with the manual. He's given these young guys not just a pl- playing opportunity, but a way to build confidence as well mm-hmm. as you can say hey i've done this before i went out here and i pitched seven eight innings and i i was able to make it i can do it again so dusty yeah. gets a bad rap for like hanging pitchers out to dry but i think it's more about building confidence for later in the season like you did it before you can do it again right and you can send out a guy you know a reliever two or three days in a row if he's having confidence issues and, you know, within those two or three days, he could probably figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, the starter, you know, he's only, he's not, you know, um, he's not going to have a chance to pitch seven innings every single night. Like he, it's going to, it's going to be a while to his next start, you know? So th- there's, if things aren't going great, then there's too much time for him to mull it over. But, um, but if he's, you know, I'm all for him letting guys work things out if, if they, you know, if it's possible, if it's possible to get a guy seven innings, great. Like, we need that. Yeah. So, overall, scale of one to ten, how worried are you about the Astros? Worried? Yeah. How worried am I? I would say I'll be conservative and say a four. Or three and a half. I'll say three and a half. Three and a half. All right. Three and a half. Because we're we're not a top team at this point, but we are um, still good enough to get there. Like ever we expect, like everybody expects this team to be, you know, a division winner. You know, the the, the division winner this year. Um, I think <laughs> I think most people expect that, and you know, again. It's a long season. You know, we haven't even hit 30 games yet. So, you know, there's still definitely a long ways to go. And, um, you know, as long as this team gets hit, keeps hitting, then um, I'm good. Although I will say every time, every time Carlos Correa gets a hit, a timely hit or a home run or a defensive stop, that's another X amount of dollars that tax on to a, to a contract that we're not, obviously not going to afford to pay him, which is kind of bittersweet. Like I say every time, it's not my money. Yeah. Yeah. And personally, like I felt the same way when it came to Keiko, the same way we came to Springer, get your money while you can, because you only have so many years uh, playing this game. Right. And since it's not, since it's not our money, like let's talk about it for a sec. Like, why wouldn't you increase your offer to $25 million a year? I mean, I, you know, maybe somebody will pay him $30 million. I, I don't see too many bidders doling out, you know, um, uh, Francisco Lindor type money again. I could be wrong. could be way off, but I think once that contract was a bit made public, you know, we were all like, okay, good you know, adios, Correa, see you later to all these other shortstops that were set or that are set to become free agents. 
very soon as well. You know, you offered him $20 million a year. Give yourself a chance, man. Increase that offer to $25 million a year. I, you know, at least make it a competitive offer that um, that would be that would be difficult for anybody to pass up. Yeah, I don't know. They don't like doing long-term deals, which, okay, I can understand that. But you can do something short-term. You can yeah. even do like $30 million over five years. Exactly, yeah. No, because that was the thing. They offered him, what, 20, 20, um, 20 million over six years or yeah. per, per year for six years. Mm-hmm. Increase that to, to 25 over six. You know, you, look, I get it. You don't want to give him 10 years. That's fine. Um, but at least increase the dollar value it, just to make it competitive, to give yourself a chance to resign this guy. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't even want to really want to talk about it. I just want to continue this season because I, I can already read the tea leaves. I can see what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, just like Springer, like Keiko, just enjoy him while, while he's here. That's all yeah. I can really do. Yeah, that's it. And going back to the question, um, one through 10, like right now, I'm a one. Okay. I'm not really that concerned about the Astros. They're finally, you know, back to full strength. Um, the only thing I'm really, like, slightly concerned about is their bullpen. Mm-hmm. But we still got a couple of months for them to figure it out. I mean, their big guy that they went out and got, uh, what's his name? The relief pitcher they got from the Static? Dodgers. No, no, the Dodgers. Oh, uh, yeah. Pedro. Is it Pedro? Mm-hmm. Has he pitched this year? He, no, he has not pitched at all. He's been he, hurt, huh? Yeah, he had COVID, and he was out for a big part of spring training. Then he also got hurt. And so Pedro moved, Baez? Yeah, Pedro Baez. And they moved him to the uh, the 60-day DL, so we probably won't see him until June, July. Because even, if, even after he gets out the DL, he needs some time to build up his arms. So, Right. But yeah, I, I mean, when he eventually comes back, he'll be a, a boon, and the rest of these guys, they'll fi- I think they'll figure out in the bullpen and the starting rotation. I think it's still, it can be slightly above average. It doesn't need to be like what it was when Verlander and Cole were running things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that concerned. And, I, you now. know, I said three and a half again to be conservative but i didn't want to be accused of being a homer and be like what a one but man i'm, I'm surprised you said a one and and a one makes sense too it, it definitely you know it definitely makes sense um again considering how early it still is this year again april we just finished april <laughs> starting may um and you know if they're at full strength and they're winning every series, they're winning three out of four or two out of three. I'm not scared. I'm not worried at all. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm done with the uh, Astros for now. Let's talk about, let's move out and let's talk about the AL West. So the other four of the teams division, I have nothing to say about Texas. <laughs> I, I We haven't even played them yet. Have we? I don't think so. That's weird that we this 
this late into the early season, I guess is the best way to put it. We haven't played them. But uh yeah, that's that's interesting. But um yeah, I don't yeah, I mean they're Texas. Texas is Texas at this point. Yeah. Until they get an ace pitcher, they're always gonna be Texas. They're still re- rebuilding. Have fun with that guy. See you in like two years. Um the Angels, uh, they got us when we were during that week we were hurt or, you know, not at full strength. So we made them look better than they probably are at that point. And then they came here and we promptly beat them three out of four. So, yeah. you know, um, all of, man, the Angels, I would love to see them actually make the playoffs because I want to see Mike Trout make it. But, man, Shohei Otani. Cross your fingers for this dude. I baseball needs him to be healthy the entire year. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you feel about? Because um, I saw this topic come up on Twitter a couple of days ago. Albert Pujols when he has his last game in May May Park. If you were there, how would you? Um, what would your reaction be? Um respectful mm-hmm. <laughs> like man it's over with that was almost 20 years ago now closer to 20 than it was than you know than five years ago like it's it, almost 20 years ago at this point and he never won a title did he did he win one with st louis yeah he won his title we got our title i don't even think about that home run i haven't thought about that home run in maybe five years at this point because he hasn't been the same player since then you know that's true he hasn't been the same player for 10 years so yeah i mean no you know uh a tip of the cap because he he's a top five home run you know all-time home run hitter you know leader or whatever um was dominant those first 10 years i mean geez up there with Trout and Mantle for like some of the, the like the ten best years of anybody's career. I mean, it's insane how good this guy was. So yeah, you know, I'm on his baseball reference right now and said two time World Series champion. I cannot for the life of me remember when they won two. T- <laughs> yeah, I remember one was like two was like two, was, was it over? It was 06, I think. Was that against the Tigers? You're going to make me have to click on these. Indi- no, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Bayfall Rev. They click each one individually. Yep. That was that the year they barely finished over 500. They were 83 and 78 mm-hmm. and went to the World Series. And I swear the second one was like 2011. Yes. Yes. That was the one when they beat Texas. the Rangers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, good for him, man. You know, he had a, a great career. And, and again, I don't, even, I, it's, it was a lifetime ago, essentially, since that last home run. Yeah. I feel like if I'm there for his last game, I'm going to give him a, a standing ovation. 
because I respect him and, you know, the baseball player he was. And then once the game's over, I'm going to be so happy to never see him step foot on the field again. (laughs) (laughs) You realize it's only been one year that we didn't have this guy terrorizing our baseball team. Mm -hmm. And that was that first year after he signed with the Angels back in 2012. 2012, yep. Yep. And then the Astros moved to the AO in 2013. And like, even if he's not the Albert Pujols of old, it's still Albert Pujols. He knows that ballpark. He's like that guy in that meme in the yellow suit. Who's got his, who's rubbing his hands together. Are you talking about Birdman? (laughs) Is that what that is? (laughs) I don't know what what you're talking about. I was going to say like, he's like um, Jason, even though the new, or not, not yeah, Jason, even though the new movies aren't that good, it's it's still a feel it's a, still horror. Yeah. And of course, every time he plays here, they gotta play that damn replay of him hitting that home run off of Brad Lidge. Oh yeah. It's up there with that's up there with Houston, you have a problem and just lazy sports analogies. It's like, guys, can y'all do anything? Anything? No? Okay, we're going to do this shit again. Yeah, the Angels are currently 13 and 12. Uh, Seattle Mariners, who I somewhat correctly predicted. If I remember correctly, yeah. my prediction then was like they would have a heart, a hot start and then fade out at the end of the year. And right now they're 13, 15, so they're two games above 500. And that's something else I want to talk about. Like, in order to make the wild card in the American League, you're only going to ha- need to win somewhere between 84 to 86 games. Which is basically like every month you just need to finish one or two games above 500, mm-hmm. which is something this team is still a young team. Like they're going to have their struggles and such, but it's something that they like they could get hot and pull off a run like the 2015 Astros did. Cause that's exactly what that team did. They started off hot and then like the last three months of the season, they basically played 500 ball and made the playoffs. Honestly, I'm just happy that one of my predictions come right because so many of them have gone terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> and then Oakland. Um, what to say about Oakland? Um, they're going to, you know, they're going to give us the most fits during the season and you just have to be ready for it. Oakland is like a team, like they want to be the Astros rival, but the Astros don't see them that way. Mm-hmm. Like we meet in the playoffs, we knock you out, even though you're supposed to be the, you know, you did better in the regular season. Um, and even when you guys, you know, make the playoffs and don't take, don't face the Astros, you guys don't go anywhere. Right. It's like, it, it's not really a rivalry because the Astros are fighting for championships. Meanwhile, the A's are fighting to actually win a playoff series. Real quick, this is the guy. This is the Albert Pujols. Oh, hold on. Oh, that's um, 
I know who you're talking about. The black, the black dude in the suit behind the tree. What is his name? Uh, but yes, I know you're talking about. Yeah. I'm actually make that the profile picture for the podcast if I remember. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. There's a big brother, little brother thing going on right now between the Astros and the A's. And honestly, by the time the A's actually start winning and knocking the Astros out, it'd be time for us to stop paying attention and worry mm-hmm. about the draft again. Oh, Anthony, you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay, you got quiet. <sighs> I just don't care about the A's, man. I just don't care. Yeah, I mean they're they're only good enough to be a thorn in the in our side, and that's about it. And what really killed me was like um, at the beginning of the season, Matt Chapman was like, "Oh, yeah, we know." They're supposed to be the big dog. They were talking about the Astros. You talk about the Astros. Talk about, oh, they're supposed to be the big dog, but they still got to prove it to us because we won the division last year. I'm like, sir, what happened last year after y'all won the division, sir? I think the Astros proved proved everything to you when they knocked you out the damn playoffs. Yeah, I mean, don't don't get your hopes up if you're an Oakland fan. Especially with as long as this team is still intact, then mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and you know, as an Oakland fan, your front office this is going to do anything major to upgrade your team at the trade deadline. So this is basically the team you're going to have going into the playoffs. If anything, they might trade a guy away towards the deadline. Yeah, in one catastrophic injury, let's say. Chapman or um, who's their first baseman? Olsen? Yeah. Oh, okay. They go down for like two or three weeks and the team goes into a tailspin. Like, they might just quit. Do that. Try rebuilding through the draft and never spend money thing for the 20th season in a row. (laughs) All right. Um, yeah, any team really scares you in the in the West? In the West? Yeah. No. Uh, me neither. This might be bulletin board material, one of them, but I just don't care right now. It's a mixture of it's early in the season, plus we beat all these guys when the rubber meets the road. So, all right. So moving on to the rest of the American League, I got a question for you, sir. Here. Currently, the Boston Red Sox are 17 and 11. The Kansas City Royals are 16 and 9. Which team do you think has a better chance of keeping up this pace? I hate to say it, but Kansas City. Oh, really? Yeah, they technically play in a weaker division. I mean, if you ask me, I would agree with you, considering that every team in the um, AO East is only two games. Oh, wait, hold on. I don't think this is updated for yeah, this game hasn't been updated for Tampa's win. So every game, every team in the AO East is w- at least one game under 500. Mm-hmm. And the AL Central 
Minnesota is nine and sixteen, and Detroit is eight and twenty-one. Yeah, and it's just a matter of time before Cleveland falls off even further mm-hmm. or trades away. You know, some emerging prospect that, that is showing some sort of glimpse of you know profitability. Yeah, or not profitability, profitability, but like ability potential, to make, yeah, major expense. Down the yeah, line. I understand what you. He's gonna cost how much money? In five years? Yeah. Oh no, we better we better take care of this now. Yeah, I guess it's out of here now. Uh man, because I surely was gonna go with the Red Sox because they have a better team plus they're getting back um uh what's their starting pitcher's name? The one who went out with Tommy John surgery last year. Chris Sale? Yeah, Chris Sale will be coming back, but you're you're definitely right about the strength of the divisions. Man, you might make me change because only team I can see making a run at Kansas City right now would be the White Sox. Right. And I, I mean, they have a strong rotation. Mm-hmm. And uh, who the hell did we pick to win this division? Do you remember? I think we picked the White Sox. Did we? Man, I do not remember. Amari, can you get my bag real quick? I want to say I picked the White Sox. I want to say you picked the White Sox and I picked Minnesota. No, yeah. Thank you. But they've got a – man, they've got – as far as I know, they've got a – Good oh, yeah. rotation. I pick Minnesota. That's going down in flames. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. What did you say? Well, I was thinking Lucas Giolito was uh, having a great season because of all the commercials that he's been in recently for, was it Rocket Mortgage or some mortgage lending company where they <laughs> they admit, yeah, this guy. This guy sucked into last year. He was awful. And now look at him now. And it's like, oh, he's pretty bad now. Like, what are you, what are we doing? But um but I was led to believe he's really good, or maybe he will be by the end of the season. Um Lance Lynn has been effective. He just got off the disabled list. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Giolito problem is he's walking too many people. Mm-hmm. And Carlos Rodon has been phenomenal this mm-hmm. year. So, you know, Giolito kind of gets back to where he was, what, in 2019, because he, you know, everybody, I really didn't even count last year. I mean, it's so hard to kind of decipher how good you were or going to be, you know. Yeah, we're seeing that with the Astros with uh, Jose Altuve and um, Yuli Gurriel. Mm-hmm. So 2019, he was 14, and Giolito was 14 and 9, a 3 4 ERA, and uh, 106 whip, which is pretty good. Look at that. Two, 228 strikeouts over 176 innings. Like, he was really showing signs of being really good, you know, going forward. And then, you know, last year happens, whatever. But um, let's see which way he, which way he leans towards 
the rest of the year. If he's going to be the 2019 guy or the 2020 guy, which, or 2018 guy, who's the, the really bad one. But, but if he gets on track uh, with, um, what's his name? Lance Lynn, who's mm-hmm. again, has been stellar. And again, Rodon, who's been really good. That's a, it's a nice one, two, three comp, you know, uh, it's a nice one, two, three order of your rotation for that division. And especially for that division, which is still very winnable. Yeah. Sorry. I wasn't paying attention to anything you said. I'm still trying to figure out why the hell I picked the twins to win the division. Cause they were in the playoffs last year. Everyone was in the playoffs last year. It was like 16 <laughs> teams. What the hell was I thinking? Oh man. I think it was because oh, who was, uh, the one player for the White Sox was the Eloy Jimenez got hurt is hurt. And so I was like hesitant to picking them. And then sometimes my dumbass just doesn't want to pick the same team teams that you pick just to make it interesting. But still, I should have just went with in my Look, defense. I mean, they, they, in my defense at the beginning of the year, it was either Chicago or Minnesota. You picked Chicago. And what they no signed- way in hell I was picking Kansas City and look where they are now. And did they not sign Josh Donaldson over the se- over the offseason? The Twins did. Yeah, he's he's on their team, but I don't know if he was with them last year. Uh, let me check real quick. Oh no, he, no, he was with them last year. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like they added a couple of guys. And look, I can see why you would pick Minnesota. That that lineup is still pretty good. And look at Byron Buxton turning around. Yeah. Wow, he's already 27 years old. Remember when he was 19 and they were like, he's going to, you know, he should be great right away. And he just wasn't. Are we going to start talking about how these players are starting to make us feel old? Because I tell you, that's how I feel every time I watch the uh, the Blue Jays and I see Calvin Biggio up to bat. Calvin Biggio, Bo Bichette. Uh, nothing is worse than, Jr. nothing is worse for me than Kevin Biggio because we used to work at Man May Park <laughs> so I I saw him like come in and play catch with with his dad and his younger brother uh-huh. and now he's a major league baseball player I feel old and time never stops man well, it gets faster. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look at this. They got Nelson Cruz still. With 40 years old, albeit, albeit, or albeit designated hitter, 325 average, eight home runs, tied for third, and 21 RBI, tied for fifth. And a 1049 OPS. I mean, <laughs> the guy is still mashing. Like, it's hard not to go against that lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe they can turn around. Like I said, it's still early. Like this entire podcast has just been about how early it is in the season. So maybe they'll be able to turn around. I hope so, so I could be proven right. Um, but let's talk about another team mm-hmm. that's making both of us look foolish. That Boston? just no, they just got to five hundred today. And that'd be the New York Yankees. <laughs> What's happening there? 
I have no clue. I going into the season, I thought it was going to be the same thing like the Astros. Their offense will have to hit in order to cover up the uh, holes with the pitching, and their pitching has been pretty good this year, especially their starting pitching. Garrett Cole is earning every dime of that contract. It's just they can't hit, which is something I didn't expect. Like when the big, your big solution to your hitting problem is bringing in a roughneck old door. <laughs> you know you have a hitting problem. Right. So, um, and I don't know what they're going to do with um, their catcher situation. Because Gary Sanchez is obviously not the answer. Mm-hmm. We all thought he was. I mean, he was a young, big, power-hitting catcher. And what, over the last two years, he just, the power is there. Just he can't do much else at the plate. He strikes out a ton. He strikes out 26% of the time. And I don't even know what to say about this guy. It's just, if is he just going to be one of those guys where his rookie season is his best season? Because it just feels like the league adjusted to him and he's never been able to adjust back. Right. This is, I mean, that's exactly what happened. I mean, sure, he's good for maybe 30 home runs, but look, this is still a sport where you have to, you have to be able to do everything. You have to be able to get on base and get timely hits. And I mean, look at this. He's played 122 games. The most he's played in 2017 mm-hmm. had 131 hits and 471 at bats. And look, 33 home runs. This is his best season. Or, no, I guess his his rookie year would be maybe his best season. But even in that 2017 year, he struck out, still struck out 120 times. 2019 struck out 125 times in 396 at bats. 34 home runs, barely hitting 230. I mean, sure, those home runs are nice, but. You, you have you have to be able to contribute more. And um, I have a, this lineup has never been a hundred percent healthy since they got Stanton. Since they got uh, um, the judge, judge. Yeah, I mean this this. Well, if you're relying on Stanton to be healthy, you're you're fooling yourself. Right. That, that's on you. And Judge, you know, he's still a huge guy playing the outfield. I don't think we've ever seen a guy his size play outfield. Mm-hmm. And what is he, 6'7? Six, 6'7, seven? Six, seven, 282. Yeah. I mean, and that's he, some CC's bat weight. 
Yeah, he's out there playing right field. Like, I don't, I don't care how in shape you are. Being that big and playing a sport like this where there's a lot of stop and go action is going to cause problems with your body. Mm-hmm. Let's I see. mean, at this point, he just turned 29. Mm-hmm. So play out this year, and for that age 30 season, let's let's switch this guy to the to dh and just let him focus on hitting and let him get back to that 52 home runs and you know 542 at bats i'll be real interested to see what he gets as a free agent when does that do 2023 okay so he'll be what 31 32 probably because he just turned 29 yeah so next year 30 oh yeah okay yeah yeah i'm really gonna be interested to see what kind of contract he gets Mm -hmm. because he came up so late Well, I should say he became a superstar late, 25 years old in 2017, runner-up MVP. Yeah. But, man, man, the Yankees are making us look foolish because I picked them to make it to the World Series. You picked them to make it to the ALCS. And (laughs) it's too early. We're going to keep going back to that crutch. It's too early. But, man, it's not – they have a bunch of teams to leapfrog, and it looks like it really looks like if, when you step back and look at the American League as a whole, there's just going to be a bunch of teams bunched together around that 94 to 86 win area. So it's going to be a there's going to be um, a smaller um, what's what I'm looking for. You have less room for error because mm-hmm. one bad week could, could take you from being division leader to second AO wild card. Or in our case, we went from the top of the division to all the way to the bottom mm-hmm. during that week when everybody was out. But you just. Because really, the only teams that are 100% out of it right now are Minnesota and Detroit. Every other team in the American League has at least 12 wins. And no one has more than 17. Which is baseball has more than 17. uh, Which is why I'm picking I'm picking that AL to win the World Series. This feels like a year where someone's just gonna like that Cardinals championship we talked about earlier. When they got in at 83 wins and went all the way to winning the World Series, it's going to happen. Some team is going to do that against the Dodgers or the Padres this year. Mm-hmm. Let's see what. Yeah, I guess is all I have to say about the American League. Um, glad to see George Springer back hitting, hit two home runs, and what was Ooh. that? His first game back? No, his first game he went over four. Okay, so his second game back, he hit those two home runs. Okay, a little light applause for Baltimore for not being completely stinky. Yeah, 
How do you think? Uh, how do you what? I think we both know what uh, the answer is, but what? How do you think? Um, how do you think Springer will be received this Friday when we when he comes back to to Minute Park? Oh, he's going to be cheered. They're going to have a nice little video package for him showing um, his service as an Astro through the years. And he's definitely going to get cheered and, you know, the standing ovation and everything like that. Good. I mean, there shouldn't be any, no idiot in the world should be out there booing him. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to the National League, and this is going to be quick because neither one would pay attention to the National League. Uh, I didn't realize the NL East was going to be this bad. I predicted this was going to be the NL Central, and I was completely wrong. No mm-hmm. team in the NL East is above 500 as of this recording. Yep. Washington. How competitive it is? I don't know. Like That's yeah. crazy. Uh, I don't know. Who did we pick to win the division? Let's see. Uh, you picked Atlanta, and I picked the New York Mets. Right. And nobody, neither one of us, picked the Milwaukee Brewers to be the best team in all of baseball at 17 and 10, about to be 17 and 11. Tell me about it. I picked, I said the NL Central winner wouldn't even get, be over 500. And here are the yeah. Brewers. Again, they're getting um, clobbered but, today, sixteen to four, but they're still seventeen and eleven after yeah. today. Yeah. Well, we both picked them to win the division, and I always like feel like Milwaukee's a sister team because um, their GM David Stearns he started off as the assistant GM here in Houston. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to Milwaukee, I always like have a little soft spot in my heart. I also feel that way about Baltimore because we have so many people in the and Houston's front office that went there as well. Um, so yeah, for me, seeing Milwaukee means you know they'll be 17 and 11 when it comes out. Um, it's really nice. Um, St. Louis is still doing their Cardinals devil magic, they're 16 mm-hmm. and 12. Moving on, San Francisco, 16 and 11. That's a surprise, I must say. Oh, I know I want to talk about. So Colorado, their GM either stepped down or was fired, depending on which source you got. Um, If you were interviewing for the Colorado Rockies job, what would be the three points that you would um, point to in order to get the job? Three points... In yeah. order to get the job. Yeah. What would you, uh, like, bring what, back the humidor. Don't they have the humidor? Do they still have it? I thought they got rid of it. I believe they still have it. Okay. Make sure it never goes away. <laughs> okay. Um, and just load up that offense. Bolt down the humidor, load up the offense. And, um, gosh. What would be my third point? Um, my third point would be <laughs> man. Um, no, you know what? Scratch that. 
my only point would be let's tank these next two years get some top draft picks because they never they always seem to kind of be in the middle of either late late top 10 mm-hmm. or in the middle they're too good to tank but not good enough to make the playoffs right let's give it a couple of years get mm-hmm. a, a top first or second pick and get the best hitters that we can get from from that you know from those pools and really just again load up on the offense as much as you can because not since what Mike Hampton have has anybody been bold enough to take uh, take big money from this team to go pitch there mm-hmm So bolt down the humidor, beef up the offense, tank. That's it. All right. What are your three? What's your three point plan? So first off, we go to Trevor's story and we need to see how he feels. Does he want to stay as part of the franchise or does he want to move on? If he wants to stay, we do everything in our power to give him you know, close to the biggest shortstop contract ever. Mm-hmm. If he wants to go, then we put him on the market and try to get the biggest haul that we can. Um, sec- secondly, I, and I think this is the most important thing they have to do. I The owner has to understand that we have to do our pitching prospects different than anyone else in the league. Mm-hmm. Because pitching in Colorado, is like pitching on the moon. It's completely different than being anywhere else as close to sea, as close to the sea level. So we can't have our pitching staff treat our our training staff rather, and our development staff treat our pitchers like they're pitching anywhere else in the league. Because you know, eight they're going to have 15, 16 starts at basically uh, a launching pad, and so we have to train them for that. Because so you, you probably know, don't want a lot of power pitching. Well, what you understand, people understand is like if you're a person that throws like a lot of breaking pitches, your breaking pitches break different here than they do any other place. Mm-hmm. So we need to train, even starting in the minor leagues, we need to train better in order to in order for our young guys to succeed at this level. And my third point would be like we. We need to stop doing this thing where we go for the middling reliever because that's something that the Rockies do all the time. They get these the the reliever that has a couple of good years somewhere else and they bring them in and it like they rarely make it through a three-year contract. Mm-hmm. And so like we need to go get the best of the best because that's the only way that they're gonna survive here. And also like this is tangible. More important than like having an awesome like offense, we need to up we need to upgrade the defense. You got the biggest um, outfield in the major league, so you need to have basically three center fielders outside out there. I think you'd get the job. 
I don't know, because their owner seems he's one of those guys who like to have his hands in everything. And that's the opposite of how I like to run things. Like in my job, I'm one of those guys who's like, I give you a list of things you need to do and give you the supplies and let you go. And if you need help, you can ask for it. But I'm not going to be, I don't micromanage. I think that's the worst way to run a business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree with that one. Because, you know, you got a secret swim without me. And if you can't do it, then we can move you somewhere else where you find something that's less taxing on you. And also, if you're doing an excellent job and you come in and you do your projects, you know, 110% every time, well, we need to put you someplace higher up that's more demanding that you can make more money in. That's how I, that's basically how I run my shop at work. God. I'm sorry, I'm watching this uh, NBA game. It's Brooklyn versus Milwaukee, and it's physical as hell. I'm sorry, <laughs> call it anything. But yeah, and that's how I would do if I, that's what I would do if I was, you know, running for the GM job. We need to completely revamp our, um, the revamp the way we uh, train our pitching prospects. We need to upgrade our defense above everything that the minor leagues and, you know, stop being cheap bump and, oh, and go to Trevor story and see what he wants. Yeah. Those would be the three things that I would do. That's crazy that they have had really good, like they've always had really good shortstops. Or they've had two really good shortstops, right? Mm-hmm. Tula whiskey and a story story. I thought there was somebody in between, but I guess not. think of on top of my head uh, yeah that's what I would do but uh, seeing seeing and reading about how the Colorado owner gets down it's more likely it's going to be some yes man who just does everything he says and they're going to be back in the same in the same situation in four to five years mm-hmm. but yeah man any other big baseball news happen that you would like to talk about uh, man, I don't think so. Like that NL West looks more competitive than we thought, mm-hmm. just with San Francisco doing as well as they have been. Uh, but Los Angeles and San Diego are pretty much where we expected them to be. And um, that's about it, man. Hey, yeah, I'm like I said, very surprised at the NL East. But, like we said, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. Someone will get shaken out eventually. Yeah, it's crazy. I know what I was saying earlier about the AL. I was like, oh, everyone's so closely months together. It's going to be close. And then I go to the NL. It's the exact same thing. Like you said, <laughs> it's crazy. Everyone has at least 10 wins. I can't I – can't Maybe, you know, in a month or two, be able to tell. But right now, like, I don't see any team that's, like, trying to lose. Right. I I just see teams like Miami and Colorado and Pittsburgh that are just bad. And, man, Chicago is so – I was going to say weird, but they're not weird. Their owner just doesn't want to spend money. 
which I don't understand. What's the point of owning uh, a franchise like the Chicago Cubs and then not doing everything in your power to win with the history that they've had? It's like the, the oh, who's in charge of the, the Cubs? Do you remember? It's like all he wanted to do was just get that one title and then that's it. Yeah. Oh, my work here is done. I don't know. I'd like to think if I actually owned a sports team, I'd be more interested in winning than making money. Yeah. And if you win, you're going to make even more money. Yes. <laughs> but <sighs> whatever. Y'all have, have fun with that. <laughs> because we got to be honest, the Astros and the Cubs were lucky that what they did work, building through the tanking, building through the draft picking the right players and winning the world series because we've seen a bunch of teams do the exact same thing and end up right back in the top half of the draft five years later. Yeah. And Chicago looks like they're on that way on their way back, back down to the gutter, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we shall um, keep up with these MLB podcasts as long as you guys like listening to them. And um, we'll see because we don't have anything Marvel related for another six weeks. Not until Loki, huh? Yeah. I think was Black Widow come out before that. I don't think so because. I haven't seen any um, July. It says July. Okay. July 9th? Mm-hmm. So are they about the same? Concept, Google. June. June for Loki. Okay, so Loki comes out first. All right. Yeah. So I guess this podcast will go back to sports, 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 sports. All right. Oh, I forgot that. You done with jury duty? Yes. Okay. All done. In total, how many cases did you have to look over? Oh, man. Lost count after the first day. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, let's get out of here. We're done for the podcast. Um, like always, thank you for listening, and we shall be back later this week. Oh, did you start watching Invincible? I've not, not yet. Ah, uh, dead, dead to me, dead to me. <laughs> I bring you good quality TV shows, and you don't watch them. You're breaking my heart, son. You're breaking my heart. Mario laughs whenever I do an Italian accent. So he said, I sound like Mario. Mario. Yes, yeah, so oh, I sound Italian? like Mario. I talk like this. Uh, so you oh, know okay. when I talk like this. Uh, a bubbity doo, let me give you these hand gestures. He's over here giggling. So let's get out. <laughs> let's get out of here. All right, man. Like always, pleasure to talk to you. We'll, we'll get something to talk about. We got to get these numbers up. Oh, also, uh, 
We'll talk about this more off air. We got ads. Really? Yeah, we got ads. And I'll have you record some so you can have fun with that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're trying to make big time. We're trying to get Very that money. Cool. What's, uh, what's our dream goal? To never have to work again. <laughs> to just do this. That's the dream. Hey, we're getting that much closer. Yeah, that much closer. All right. So let's. I'm already said bye. Oh, someone said bye. He said bye. Yeah, he's already I like playing. That. So he said bye. <laughs> I like that. Come on, come on, guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. He said you need to get a Nintendo Switch. Okay. Every time I tell him you don't play video games, it just cracks his little heart a little bit more and more. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he's like, it doesn't crack my heart. All right, we're out of here. Uh, we'll be back uh, later this week with something new to talk about. And so for Anthony and Amari, I'm the Quincy. Later, babies.